After a really good game against the Rangers, it's time to see if the Blue Jackets can keep it rolling against Arizona. And we've got Robin Leano of Locked On Arizona Coyotes here to help us uh, figure out exactly what the Coyotes are trying to do this season. So that's all coming up today on Locked On Blue Jackets. Locked On Blue Jackets, your daily podcast on the Columbus Blue Jackets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to Locked On Blue Jackets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am, as always, your host, Jay Foster, here to bring you news, stories, uh, excitement, yelling, bad news, good news, all of the above and more about your favorite team and mine, the Columbus Blue Jackets. Before we get started, I want to thank everyone for making this your first listen of the day every day. Locked On Blue Jackets is free and available on all podcast platforms and also over on YouTube. You're never going to have to get behind a paywall for a Locked On product so um, that's our promise to you today uh, we're gonna do yeah another squad cast uh, because the Blue Jackets are facing the Arizona Coyotes tonight and I thought who better to tell us about what the Arizona Coyotes are doing or I guess trying to do uh, than host of Lockdown Coyotes Robin Leano so we're talking Coyotes rebuild we're talking prospects we're talking goaltending and uh, we're also going to talk a little bit about some bet online odds and also make some predictions as we normally do here at Lockdown Blue Jackets. So I'm just going to jump right into my conversation with Robin. It's another Blue Jackets game day. It's another Lockdown Blue Jackets squad cast. And uh, today we've got Lockdown Coyotes here to tell us all about how the Coyotes are doing. Um, and honestly, this might make Blue Jackets fans feel a little bit better about the shaky start that our team has had. But uh, we've got Robin Leano of Lockdown Coyotes here to uh, talk all about her team of terrible children. So uh, how how are we feeling about the season so far, Robin? <laughs> Oh, man, it's brutal out there. The Coyotes, like, we knew the Coyotes were going to be bad this year, but so far, the way they started the season is just uh, very, very frustrating. I mean, they have one win, um, but outside of that, it's just it's just looked really bad. Uh, and, you know, tank for Bedard. That's <laughs> all they're at right now. And, I mean, in fairness, and this is something we talked about a little bit off mic, uh, if you have one win and it's against a team having one win against the maple leafs has got to be got to be pretty funny you know it's it is and it's really funny given the fact that you know obviously there's the austin matthews connection and the matthew nice connection and you know with um you know them being scottsdale natives and then you know now uh under contract or playing for um for the uh for the maple leafs make that joke um but also the fact that you know, Toronto loves to make fun of the Coyotes in any opportunity they can. And for Arizona to beat them, it's just like, hey, you know what? Shut up. Yeah, it's just super, super satisfying. Um, and I love that uh, one of the guys that we're going to talk about first, uh, leading the team in goals, uh, Nick Ritchie, former Toronto Maple Leaf, I believe opened the scoring in that game. Uh, he's got three goals in five games so far for the Coyotes. Is this what you expected or is he just having a real kind of revenge season? You know, I think it is a little bit of what I expected. You know, um, I think it was not as much to an extent, but he ended the year last year, really like looking on a really good note. He kept getting those points. He kept doing really well. 
Um, I think what was started working differently is the way that, you know, he was implemented into the power play. Uh, I think the power play in general for the Coyotes has, has um, you know, improved significantly since the last year. I think now they have a new power play coach. And that makes a big difference, obviously. And, it, and it's shown. And it's funny, as you've said, he has three goals. Three of those, all three of those goals are in the same exact, fa- in the same exact, like, you know, pattern in terms of on the power play with the primary assist from Shane Gott Despair and the secondary assist from JJ Mosier. It's the exact same. God, I love, sometimes hockey is, is weird like that, but I want to talk about um, Shane Gott Despair as well, actually, because he's currently leading the team. He's got five points in five games. I was really surprised when he basically got ceremoniously kicked out of Philadelphia. They sent him to Arizona because um, I've always been a big Ghost Despair fan and it looks like he's kind of refound his game a little bit with the coyotes um especially when you look at the uh the defenseman that the or the, the healthy defenseman that the coyotes have at the minute like it really seems like it's just shane goes despair and a mix of children and <laughs> mark donks you know um so how's how's he been is he a guy that you foresee staying here in the future, obviously, his contract is up after the end of this season. Do you think he's a guy that they can keep around and uh, continue to utilize? Yeah, you know, Gontisphere has been a, an extreme bright point for the Coyotes ever since he came from Philadelphia this la- last season. Um, I think, you know, that improvement that he's made and everything he's done for the, for, for the franchise just so far is amazing. Um, he's had that, you know, amazing comeback. I think because of how well he's playing... You know, now his asset value has increased significantly. Uh, as much as I'd love to see him be part of the future with the Coyotes, with this, um, as they, you know, can navigate this rebuild, if his value just continues to go up, I really think that he's just going to go ahead and um, eventually get traded before sometime before the deadline. Um, you know, because again, the Coyotes are trying to focus on assets, making sure they can build the team for the, you know, for the long term future. Um, and like, we'll see what, if he fits in or not, but it wouldn't surprise me if he ends up getting traded this season. Yeah. He does feel kind of like trade deadline base a little bit. Um, but I mean, the Coyotes have got to keep some people, but I think the, the future for the Coyotes is really bright. You know, um, the Blue Jackets know the 2021 draft very well. They've got Kent Johnson from that draft. They've got Cole Soldier from that draft. The Coyotes traded, quite a big price to get a pick in that draft and that pick ended up being dylan genther how's he doing he's got two points in four games is he heating up do you think he's about to you know just everything's going to click is he maybe a dark horse for the calder what uh what do you think about dylan genther so far um i don't like so i think dylan Gunther. i think i don't think he's gonna survive these first few games i think he's getting his feet wet up here in the NHL before they send them back down, to, send them back to um, back to the WHL, because I think the Coyotes are going to be like, look, look, you're great, honestly, you are fantastic. There's nothing really we f- we feel like you like you definitely need to work on. Like you are fantastic. He has been an extreme bright point, but the pro- that what the Coyotes are focusing on is completely is is rebuilding this year and you know not rushing any of their prospects. So they're you know. You know, they don't want to put Dylan Gunther through a bad team like this, right? So, like, might as well, like, not waste a contract year on him and just kind of, 
you know, focus on the future. Um, and then that's when, you know, Logan Cooley or Connor Geeky can also come into place. Uh, but I really like Dylan Gunther. I think, like I said, I think he's going to, he's going to be an amazing asset for the future. Uh, he just probably is going to get sent down within the next week. At Locked on Blue Jackets, we love to talk about goalies. This is a goalie-friendly show. Um, I will talk about goalies for any length of time. So I figured let's uh, let's check in with the Coyotes, who have kind of an interesting goalie tandem this season, I think is probably the the, the best way to put it. Um, I'm a big fan of Car- um, Vermalka. Uh, I think he's a good goalie on a team that, like I said, the defense is just not there yet. Um, are we expecting him start in tonight's game and uh, how's he looked so far this season his stats aren't necessarily there but i think especially with goalies on bad teams it's hard to really get a, a good look at how they've been looking just at the base stats that the nhl provides yeah there is the there is the uh, definitely definitely the expectation that that Krovi melka is going to be the starter for this game um i don't know how much uh uh, how much stock I'm going to put into Connor Ingram yet. I ha- Obviously, he's only played one game with Arizona, and that one game was not good at all against Montreal. And so it's just like, okay, like, you know, maybe have him work on some stuff and have Vimoka work, uh, work on some stuff. But the problem is Vimoka hasn't looked, gr- you know, that great this season either. Uh, and I think the problem is that Vimoka needs a t- needed a tandem to kind of help him push and kind of work on his own game. Uh, last year he had that, you know, for the majority of the season or more than half of the season, he had Scott Wedgwood and Scott Wedgwood was that perfect tandem that kind of helped push him and Wedgwood had his own good games in case he really ever needed it. Um, and like I said, I can't put too much stock in Connor Ingram. And because of that, I don't think either of them have enough confidence to, you know, build a really good game. I hope that's, I hope I'm wrong because Vimoka last year had some really awesome games in which I think he had like, you know, 45 50 save games like he was freaking unbelievable i think one of one of them included was a game against the maple leaves one of the one was like in a game against the um against the winnipeg jets and they just looked great he, he would like he would just stand on his head and i loved it i want to see more from him i just haven't seen it yet who's been so we've talked about some bright spots for the coyotes uh goes to spare uh, against the who probably will play nine games and then uh get sent to wherever he came from um who else has been is there any other kind of bright spots in the roster that you think hey this could be a good a good year yeah you know i think one thing is um while he might not be so much on the score sheet i have really enjoyed watching matthias michelli right you know he came up i think he's playing a little bit more he i saw him a decent amount with the uh, tucson roadrunners last year and every time you know he uh made an impact I, you know he like I, I got a chance to see a good view of that. And now he's doing the same thing, you know, the pr- just the sheer presence that he makes on the ice. He's in the right spots. He's doing the right things. And he's only 22 years old. And I'm like, this kid is going to be good. Um, we'll see how he develops this year. But, like, I we know he's going to be a bright spot. Awesome. Lots of... Lots of bright spots for the Coyotes, I think. Uh, they just have to get there. Uh, mm-hmm. Blue Jackets fans know extremely well the the pain of a rebuild. So hopefully the Coyotes are kind of on the on the way up. 
Um, but in a minute, we're going to talk a little bit more about the Blue Jackets, uh, and we're going to flip the script on this, and Robin's going to ask me some questions about the Blue Jackets. I don't know if Locked on Coyotes fans know, but they had kind of a big off-season. So uh, we're going to talk about that in just a minute. But right now, uh, Robin's going to tell you all about one of our sponsors. Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to let you guys know that I run a busy schedule, which sometimes, which means sometimes I admittedly don't have all the time to get all the daily nutrition and vitamins that I need for the day, which is why I'm, I'm glad I'm able to turn to AG1 from Athletic Greens. It's your one-stop shop of more than 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. Just one scoop of this special blend and you're on your way to improve and support your gut health, immune system, energy, recovery, focus, and aging. It's lifestyle friendly, whether you're keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free. And the best of all, it costs less than $3 a day. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. Just one scoop and a cup of water every day and that's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network. Again, this is athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network. Take ownership over your health. Pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. All right. Now, let's... Uh, Jay, let's... Let, let, let's 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 flip the script, right? I am an open book. The, uh, <laughs> the Blue Jackets had kind of a busy off season. They've had a pretty eventful start to the season, so uh, lots lots for uh, Coyotes fans to learn about in this uh, going into this matchup. Absolutely, and what, you know, there's a lot of different things you can you know that we can address on this, and I think the biggest one is the uh, you know was the the off season acquisition of Johnny Gaudreau because like. You know, Blue Jackets made a lot of made a lot of noise with that one, right? It's just like um, everyone was talking about where he's going to go. Obviously, if any Coyotes fans thought he was going to come anywhere near this West Coast, I did, no, I don't. Like you, you guys were mistaken. But uh, tell us about that acquisition and the, you know the impact that he's made in just this first couple of weeks. Man, well, the I mean, the acquisition first off has changed this franchise. Um, like I feel like every, every time someone asks me about Johnny Gaudreau, and I'm every someone asks me about Johnny Gaudreau, I'm always like, "Listen, he's changed this team, on and off the ice. Um, off on the ice, he's got seven points in his first seven games. Uh, I mean, that's pretty much what we expect from Johnny Gaudreau, and then some. Uh, and I don't think he's done yet. Missing Patrick Laine on that other wing is obviously a huge loss. Uh, and when he comes back, I think Gaudreau's only going to get better. But for me, the big thing is the respect that he's put on the name of the Blue Jackets around the league. Because I feel like a lot of people, like I fully assumed, I was like, well, he's going to go to Philly. And then Philly decided to give all their cap space to Rasmus Ristolainen instead, which is, you know, they're allowed to do that. That's their cap space, but it's a weird choice. Then I was like, well, he's going to go to New Jersey. And then, you know, there was some rumblings that he was going to go to Columbus. And I was like, this is exactly like the Taylor Hall free agency of a couple of years ago, we're going to get our hopes up and then he's going to sign somewhere else and we're going to go into this season and he's going to be, not be a Blue Jacket. And then he signed with the Blue Jackets. And I was like, this is incredible, amazing. Like he's, I think the thing for me is now there are a lot of fans and maybe even players that are kind of looking at the Columbus and being like, man, does Johnny Gaudreau know something we don't about this team or this city? You know, and it only takes one. And I think... 
now that Johnny Gaudreau has chosen to come here, leaving money on the table in New Jersey, leaving money on the table in Calgary, I think I wouldn't be surprised if next offseason there's a lot more chatter about Columbus being a potential destination for free agents. Um, They have no cap space right now, so we can't sign anyone, but I think there's going to be... I think Columbus is, is might be starting to turn into one of those places where people are always like, hey, Columbus is an option for basically everyone. Great city. If the team continues to grow as it is, they've had kind of a shaky start to the season, um, but they're starting to smooth things out. Uh, we've had some injury issues. That's not helped. But yeah, Johnny Gaudreau feels like the the a big piece in Columbus becoming a real talking point in this league, which as, as a fellow person who covers a small market like you know how important that is to get people to pay attention to your to your team you know so he's he's done that and more in my opinion absolutely one of the things that i think the coyotes would love to to uh to hear about and take a look at too when it comes to the blue to the blue jackets is you know paying attention to the way the blue jackets drafted in the last few years because they had you know like the coyotes are in a unique situation um i think that only the black i think the recent blue jackets would be able to understand in the sense where they have a crap ton of draft picks i know the blue jackets did the same thing and I'm, and you know they've been making some moves uh, what can the Coyotes learn from the way the Blue Jackets have drafted in the last few years? I think that the thing for me is patience. Um, I mean, the Blue so the Blue Jackets have had in the last two drafts they had five first round picks. Um, the only one of the first three that made it to the NHL was Cole Sillinger. He was drafted twelfth overall, and I don't think anyone, including the team, the player, or the coach went out of that draft thinking, yeah, Cole Sillinger is going to be on this roster to start the season. And then he just made made a case. He just was like, yeah, I'm not going to give you a reason to send me. Um, so there was a weird quirk where he could have gone down to the AHL despite not being 20 because of um, where he played the season before due to COVID. Um, so I was like, yeah, he's probably going to play his nine games with the Blue Jackets and then go down to the Monsters. Um, he wasn't going to go back to the WHL. He wasn't going to go back to the USHL. But uh, he just kept... He just kept playing and he just kept playing and playing and playing and he played his nine games and they sent William Eklund back uh, from San Jose. They sent Mason McTavish back to the OHL from Anaheim and he just kept playing. Um, but he's really an outlier in this. Um, Kent Johnson uh, drafted fifth overall and they also had Corson Kuhlman, both college players. They both went back to college. Um, Kent Johnson signed his ELC this year. Corson Kuhlman went back and did his uh, junior year at Wisconsin and, um, they drafted two more players in the first round of this draft, but there's no hurry to make to push them to the NHL. You know, it's like you say with with Dylan Genther. It's very much the team would probably be better if David Yurchek was on the team, but they don't need to rush him to the NHL. He's down in the AHL right now. Uh, he, I believe, just had a two assist night with the Monsters. Um, he's really kind of coming along. Um, but even beyond the first round picks. They're not in a hurry to push their guys to the NHL or even to the AHL. You know, they're happy to let them stay in college. They're happy to let them stay in Canada, in the OHL or the CHL or the um, WHL, QMJHL, whatever. They're happy to let them stay in Europe because they don't need them right now. And I think that's a key thing of Yamakakalainen's tactic that I think not a lot of teams understand is he's perfectly happy for a player to stay where they are until... You know, there's really no other choice. I mean, we saw it with um, 
for example, uh, Elvis Mosley-Kins was a draft pick. He then played, I believe, the next four or five years. He just stayed in Switzerland. He didn't come over to the United States. Uh, Kirill Marchenko, another guy, Russian. He's 23, 24, and he's just making his North American debut this season. You know, it's patience. And that's, I think, the key is it's easy to take a step in a rebuild and then be like, oh, the team's better than it was last year. Let's push all of the kids on. Let's rush their development. Let's try and make the playoffs. Uh, that's, I think the playoffs are a goal for the Blue Jackets this season, but I don't think it's a gimme um, because they still have a lot of flaws in their roster. But the the thing the Coyotes need to remember, I think, is even if they are better this year than they are than they were last year, last year they were just god awful. So the bar is real low, and that's not necessarily a hey the Coyotes are a seventy point team instead of a sixty point team or however many points they had last season. Um, don't rush it. If Dylan Genther needs to go back to the WHL for another season, like that's fine. If he goes to the Roadrunners and stays there for a season or two, like that's fine. It's not the end of the world. Uh, don't ruin your players' development by putting good players in the NHL when you don't need them to. Yeah, the yeah. Pre- the uh, previous regime, the Coyotes made that mistake, and um, you know Carl and I have been talking about that multiple times, right? To make sure we don't make that mistake. So it's good to hear, you know, a host of another, you know, you know, of another show, someone who's been drafting to to uh, to discuss the, you know, you know, this, the very same thing that we've been saying is don't rush it. And I think that the thing that always comes to me is to kind of just finish finish that thought is look at um, Aaron, Aaron Eckblad, for example. Um, phenomenal player, genuinely phenomenal defenseman, deserved to go one overall in that draft. Probably should not have gone straight into the NHL because I do think Florida was bad enough and poorly coached enough that it did ruin his development. And I do wonder what Aaron Eckblad would be like now had he been able to stay. Uh, I believe he was with the Barry Colts for his junior career. If he'd stayed there for even another year, what his career would have been like. Um, I don't think he's had a bad career thus far, but I do wonder just how good he could have been if they hadn't rushed him straight to the NHL. So cautionary tale. Absolutely. And I guess one other thing that I'd want that I would love to ask about in general is just the, is it that there's anybody else on this uh, Blue Jackets roster that, you know, is, uh, has been a bright spot for you guys? Well, I have a really easy answer for this. Unfortunately, the New York Rangers broke him in Sunday's game. Uh, So last season, uh, Ken Johnson signed his uh, ELC from the university of Michigan but he was not the only University of Michigan player to come to Columbus at that time. They also signed their captain, Nick Blankenberg, as a college free agent. He did his four years at University of Michigan, and then the Blue Jackets liked what they saw. They signed him. I thought he had a fantastic debut last season. Uh, played, I think he played eight games at the end of last season. Uh, was a healthy scratch for the first three games of this season, which the Blue Jackets all lost. Fourth game. Blue Jackets are 0-3. They're like, hey, let's take a defenseman out. Let's put Blankenberg in. Let's see what he can do. And he has been phenomenal. He's been our best defenseman, uh, which I think is really saying something when you think, okay, well, they've got Zach Wierenski, who's making $9.5 million. Erica Branson's being paid $4 million. Nick Blankenberg is doing what I want from those two players, and he's doing it for like less than a $1 million. Um, he probably won't be playing in, uh, in tonight's game, but he's been the real bright spark for me. Um, he's just, he's exactly what you want from a defenseman, despite, you know, he's, I think he's officially listed as 5'9". I do not believe that he is 5'9". Five, 5'9 five, nine. Five, nine in skates, maybe. Um, but the Blue Jackets have had some success with small players before. And, I mean, you look at Johnny Gaudreau, who 
dropped to the fourth round because he was considered too small. So I think I don't I don't know that Nick Blankenberg is going to turn into a Johnny Gaudreau level elite player, but as a an undrafted free agent defenseman who is five nine, he's giving everything that they could ask him to and more. And it's a real shame that he got injured in uh, Sunday's game because he's been their best defenseman for sure, maybe their best player in the uh, in the four games that he played before uh, before he got injured. Absolutely, that's all. I think that's all the questions I have for uh, for Columbus. Um, I think we can get ready to make some some predictions in a little bit, but I think we should we should also uh, uh, encourage some people to listen to uh, to another show that we have on uh, on our, on our Locked On Network. Yeah, we have a, a brand new show this season at Locked On NHL. Uh, first of all, we got to thank you for making Locked On Blue Jackets or Locked On Coyotes your first listen uh, every day. And so you should go make your second listen at Game to Game NHL. It's got every moment, every top performance, every result. Locked On Game to Game covers every game from across the NHL with local analysis that only Locked On can deliver. So make sure you follow Game to Game. Uh, that is game number two game on Locked On NHL on YouTube or podcast version. Uh, it's available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, wherever you get podcasts. And uh, you can catch up on all the NHL news that you need to in one 20-minute bite. Uh, so that is that is game to game. Uh, and speaking of of games, let's let's have some fun with tonight's game because I always like to make some weird predictions. And I know Robin, you like to uh, bring one of our longtime sponsors into the show. Uh, so let's let's start off with that. Let's do uh, some talk about Bet Online because as I was saying before the show, I know just enough about sports betting to make me dangerous. But uh, let's uh, let's take a look at the odds for tonight's game and see who's the underdog. Maybe we'll uh, put some money, try and make some money on uh, tonight's game. Absolutely. Um, so far, my luck has not been do- been doing great so far with, with with these betting games because the Coyotes are just doing whatever they've been doing. But the trends, I think I got it this time. There is no puck line available for this game yet. Um, there's no spread. But the money line is minus 215 in favor of... Uh, in favor of Columbus with the total points set for over under at six and a half points, which honestly surprises me, Jay, because at this point, with the way the Coyotes have been playing, like I think the total points should be like nine and a half points. Like, Yeah, I saw that six and a half over under spread and was like over, immediately over. The Blue Jackets, I think, have allowed at least three goals in every one game, in every game except one. Uh, and I don't believe there's been a game with less than six goals for like over in the, between two teams yeah. uh, since the season started. Obviously the Coyotes are in a little bit of a worse spot than that. I believe they've allowed six goals yeah. every game, but one. They've but, allowed uh, six goals in every game, but one, that one game was the one, the game against, uh, against Toronto in every game they have played at least six goals have been scored total because the game against Toronto was a four to two final score. Um, so like six and a half, like, yeah, that's, you know, if you are a betting person, like, I think that based off the trends and how these, you know, where these two teams have been, like, if you're not picking over, it's just ridiculous at this point. <laughs> yeah, like, it's six and a half goals, it, like, pick the under in the first period, maybe, but I would be really surprised. I think we're going to get into football score territory with the, with these two teams. The Blue Jackets are not super great defensively and haven't been. Um, the Coyotes are trying real hard i think and not necessarily uh coming up as as strong as they should um which makes the predictions 
for this game. Uh, kind of fun. So I've been asking, you know, I've been doing these squadcasts or I've been doing solo game previews. Uh, so let's let's do some some predictions. What do you think the final score is going to be and who's going to be the game winner? Ooh, um, that's going to be a good one. Um, so I'm going to I'm going to give the final score on this one. Uh, I'm going to say it's going to be six to three. And it's going to be in favor of Columbus. Yeah, that's that's a. I was thinking I was going to be kinder to the Coyotes. Um, I think it's probably going to be, uh, I think five three, in favor of Columbus. Maybe five two, depending on uh, if Columbus can keep the penalty kill strong. Um, but let's uh, before we we finish up with one final prediction. Uh, what are the keys to the game? If Arizona can in fact pull out a win against a Blue Jackets team. How do you think they're going to do it? What do uh, Blue Jackets fans have to keep an eye out for on this uh, this Arizona team? Well, the biggest key for Arizona is going to be starting off. The, in every single game they've played out so far, they have had an extremely slow start. It seems that they're just kind of just like, you know, warming up. Like, be hot to start off this game. If you don't do that, you're going to be in for some massive trouble. Um, and I've been saying about this all the time about the Coyotes, so they need a hot start. Yeah, I think the keys for the game for the Blue Jackets is going to be special teams. Um, the Blue Jackets have yet to score a power play goal, officially. Uh, they have one power play goal, but the NHL won't acknowledge it. Um, they are currently last in the league in power plays with 0% conversion rate, um, but they're eighth on the penalty kill. So if they can keep that penalty kill up, maybe score a power play goal. It could go real well for the Blue Jackets. However, I do think uh, we need to note that uh, the Coyotes have a really uh, pretty hot power play right now. They are, I want to say, sixth or eighth in the league in power play effectiveness, which uh, I guess shout out to, like we said earlier, Nick Ritchie and his three power play goals. Um, Yeah, the Coyotes are eighth in the league on the power play right now. So uh, that could... That could get interesting. The eighth best power play versus the eighth best penalty kill. So that's, I think, going to be my my key to the game is going to be special teams. Uh, let's finish off by uh, doing one more prediction. Who is going to open the scoring for the Coyotes? Who's going to open the scoring for the Who's Coyotes? Score that's the first a good one. For the Coyotes. <laughs> you know, um, I really want to see... That's a good one. Um, I think it's gonna be gonna, gonna, I think it's gonna be uh, Dylan Gunther. Uh, he had a, he had his first goal of the season over the week against Ottawa. You know, I think he's gonna take that momentum into this game and gonna can open the scoring. Yeah, the Blue Jackets love to let players score their first NHL goals on them. So uh, obviously he's already got one, but uh, someone who's only got one goal on the season, I think that seems just about right for the Blue Jackets to be like, hey, let's give this guy some some stats padding. Um I think I'm gonna bet I'm gonna I'm gonna go for the the easy bet here. I'm gonna say Johnny Gaudreau. Uh he hasn't scored in a couple of games. I feel like he's overdue. He uh his five game point streak ended against uh the Rangers. So I reckon he's uh he is primed and ready to get back on the score sheet. So I'm gonna say he's gonna open the scoring for the Blue Jackets. And uh that's I think everything that we've got for you guys today uh thank you for listening thank you for making locked on blue jackets and locked on coyotes your first listen of the day 
every day or your first watch of the day. If you are uh, a Locked On Blue Jackets listener and you want to learn a little bit more about the Coyotes, either before the game, after the game, uh, where can they find you and your show, Robin? Yeah, you can find Locked On Coyotes wherever you get your podcast. We're on the Odyssey app. Uh, for um, anyone who likes local news at all, we're also on the 12 News app, um, KPNX 12 News here in uh, in, in Phoenix. Uh, also on social media, Facebook, Facebook.com slash Locked On Coyotes, and on Twitter at LO underscore Coyotes. And you can find Locked On Blue Jackets wherever you get Locked On Coyotes. Uh, we are LO underscore Blue Jackets on Twitter. Uh, you can find me over at underscore Jacob Foster, J-A-K-O-B-F-O-R-S-T-E-R. If you want uh, some pictures of my of the food I'm eating on vacation or some Star Wars opinions mixed in with your hockey, then uh, that's the place to go. Uh, you can find Locks on Blue Jackets. I already said that. You can find it on YouTube, on Odyssey, on Apple, on Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, Locks on Blue Jackets and Locks on Coyotes is there for you. Uh, on tomorrow's show, I am almost definitely going to recap this game. I assume that the Lockdown Coyotes show will be doing a game recap as well. So make sure you check both of those out. Make sure you check out Game to Game uh, because that starts off. That started off yesterday with our first show. So make sure you check that out to get league news uh, from around all of the conferences. And until tomorrow, from me and Robin, make sure you stay locked on.